Hey folks, this is Santosh O here. I did a podcast back in March 2017 at WonderCon at the Society of Illustrators of Los Angeles booth, and I had a chance to interview Cliff Cramp. And uh, if you don't know, Cliff is a fantastic illustrator whose credits I'll go over in a second, but um, I just wanted to bring up the fact that he is a judge for Illustration West 56, which is you know, the big contest or competition uh, and exhibition that uh, Society of Illustrators puts out um, every year, and um, it's an opportunity for people to show their work from June 2016 to June 2017, and to show some of your work in a ton of different competition categories. So check it out online, si-la.org, and uh, you can, I think, go to illustrationwest.com and find out more details at uh, uh, the website. So back to Cliff Cramp. Cliff Cramp, man, he has done a ton of work. He, his illustration uh, career spans, like, genres and worked for Lucasfilm, 20th Century Fox, United Artists, Shout Factory, Hollywood Records, um, Penguin Books, Ingram Micro, um, Menagerie Creative, and his work has graced the covers of the 20th Century Fox, um, Star Wars Sagas on Blu-ray, Star Wars Episodes 1, 2, and 3 on Blu-ray, uh, Episodes 4, 5, and 6 on Blu-ray, Hollywood Records, Plain White, T-Wonders of the Younger CD, 20th Century Fox, Marilyn Monroe Special Anniversary Collection. Um, he's got an exclusive deal, or he's got a licensing deal with Acme Archives recently that allowed him to legally work on the intellectual properties of Lucasfilm, Fox, Halo, DreamWorks, Disney, and more. Um, so he has multiple images approved to date. So... Take a listen to the short interview that I did with Cliff Cramp. I'm super excited to have a chance to interview him. Enjoy the podcast. See you guys. Hey folks, this is the Society of Illustrators of Los Angeles podcast. I'm Santosh Uman, and I'm here with Cliff Cramp. How are you doing, Cliff? I'm doing wonderful at WonderCon. At WonderCon. We are here at WonderCon 2017 in Anaheim. Cliff has a booth here, and uh, Cliff is also a member of the Society of Illustrators. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself as an illustrator and also a little bit about uh, your uh, uh, professorship? Or uh... Okay. Um, well, my... My career has spanned quite a few different genres. Um, I often tell my, I'm also a uh, professor of illustration at Cal State Fullerton, um, so I teach up-and-coming illustrators, and one of the things I tell them is sometimes the, the best job is the worst job because it informs you of what you don't want to do. And so when I got out of college, um, I had uh, a, a, a good skill set I didn't really know where I wanted my work to go. Um, where, where did you go to college, by the way? I actually went to Cal State. Oh, okay. Which wow. is odd that you know you get hired back at your same institution. I guess yeah. I, I I I had a decent enough reputation where they took a chance on me later on down the years when I uh, applied for a position there. Um, but I started out doing product illustration. Now. I'm old enough, so I'll date myself, that the, the current technology at the time was fax machines, 
And so all sorts of companies needed to take their color catalogs that they'd have in their showrooms and turn them into black and white catalogs in order to fax them over the phone line, um, which was a lot more convenient than sending out. So if they had a particular product, uh, furniture, or whatever, that they wanted to show a client in a drawing, um, they just faxed it over rather than sending a, a thick catalog. So I drew furniture um, for several months, full-time, 40 hours a week, and I realized... That's a lot of furniture. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, um, but you know what? It motivated me to do something different and to... to to move my work into different areas, uh, and uh, um, but what it did do is it helped me in perspective because I was having to draw couches and tables and chairs in perspective. It also helped me in my value and line work because they were um, all black and white. Absolutely, right? yeah. so it was all black and white work. And and if you look at my work now, I'm, I mean, value and color I think is the strength of my work in the sense of setting mood so not that furniture I was setting any kind of mood with furniture um, other than that sleepy mood yeah other than wanting to break it uh, after uh, several months but those kinds of jobs they they hone your skills a little bit so you always have to look at the positive uh, and it really motivated me to start looking around because uh, a lot of art programs back in those days and I went to college out here on the west coast were doing things more on the East Coast kind of mentality, more in editorial and publishing. And, you know, I kind of looked around and thought, well, that's, I'll have to go to New York and, and kind of uh, meet people and, and shop my portfolio there when there's a story industry out here. So I kind of switched gears with my work and started moving in that direction. I'm a painter by um, trade in the sense of uh, kind of old analog media. I love oils, I love gouache, I love casein, I love watercolor. Uh, and uh, I kind of looked around and thought, where where do my skill sets fit? And that was in animation. So I started freelancing uh, in uh, uh, as a background painter and then making more and more connections. Uh, and then uh, doing a lot of cover work also. So I've done quite a few, when I was making the transition, DVD technology was coming out. So they, the major studios were starting to release a lot of uh, old uh, um, movies on DVD. And they were the, you know, the cheap ones, you know, five, ten bucks at the time, um, you know, moving away from VHS. And so, uh, so there was a huge market in uh, um, doing DVD cover art. And one of my classmates, uh, Cheryl Savla, who's absolutely wonderful, and she uh, she worked at a lot of the major uh, Bacon and Cimarron and, and some of the other companies at the time um, that were doing a lot of key art for covers. And then she opened her own company and she needed an illustrator. And I was doing a wide variety of things. I was doing book cover art. I was doing some editorial magazine illustrations and she's kind of the one that really pulled me full force into entertainment and so I started doing a lot of cover work for her early on so uh, that was a lot of fun and it kept me really busy 
Um, and it kept me really busy at a time in my career that was really important because I had a studio fire. In, yeah, I read that. In it's 2000, awesome. I had a studio fire and lost 10 years worth of work. And it Photographs. Everything. everything. I had a collection of uniforms from the Revolutionary War to the present. I had, I had Victorian clothes and Edwardian clothes because I was really moving into a story. And I've been a collector ever since I was a kid. I, uh, I've always been a bit of a pack rat in a very organized way. That's the German side of me. Um, but I was always a really good trader as a kid, so I bought my first car with my baseball card collection. I paid for my education with my comic book collection, <laughs> and so I've always had hey, that's these, the way to do it. <laughs> I've always had these collections. My kids are mad at me now when they find out what I had. Um, but fantastic um, for number I one. What, what did everything. you have? I had every major title from Marvel from one to 1985. Oh man! <laughs> so yeah, I could probably buy a house cash in Southern California with that now if I had it. But I even had a major fantasies 15. Did you did you keep them in fairly pristine oh, yeah, condition? Yeah. I you know I I as a kid I just kind of loved this stuff and I come my dad was Cherokee Indian and grew up in dirt floors in Oklahoma and you know I didn't know how poor we were until some kid told me we were poor and uh, but. You never knew because you know we had stuff. We kept things nice, and and uh, we we'd trade and all that kind of stuff. That's a major digression, by the way. (laughs) I digress. (laughs) But the studio fire um, that I had um, was uh, was tragic, but it really motivated me to move in. Uh, different directions, and Cheryl Savala, who I mentioned earlier, opened her own company called Menagerie Creative, and using a lot of her old contacts to really mine this new uh, um, new opportunity in all these re-releases of, of the DVD covers. So that kind of got me moving towards um, doing a lot of cover art. I've done some covers for some friends for their comics. Uh, Ethan Nicole, I've done a few uh, Axe Cop covers. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and then it's, it's branched out. I've done some music um, DVDs, or, or CDs, I'm sorry. And uh, um, and then the big one was in 2011, um, Cheryl uh, called me up one day and said, uh, Hey, Cliff, um, our studio's bidding a project. Because Cheryl had worked on almost all of the other releases for Star Wars, the, the VHS stuff, and she said they're getting ready to release the Blu-ray, and we're one of the three companies that are bidding for the job. Are you interested in in coming on board and, and working? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Who can um, say no to that? <laughs> absolutely. And so uh, Cheryl is just a great person to work with. I, I just have nothing but wonderful things to say about her. Um, and she, uh, we worked on a whole bunch of ideas. The the rumor is, is that um, George Lucas came into the room, saw a lot of really cool designs, but they were kind of derivative. And uh, he said, uh, and this may be wrong, so this is just how it came back to me. So um, that he said, I want a pink Vader. And everybody was like, what? But Cheryl got it. Cheryl knew what he was saying was, I want something different. And Cheryl, big lover of illustration, uh, and George being a big lover of illustration, oh, yeah, of she course. got it in the sense of, 
let's do illustration for the Blu-ray covers. And um, George is a big uh, Rockwell and, fan. Yeah, absolutely. And, well, I mean, just all of his yeah, uh, illustrations. Yeah, he has some original Muka yeah, at, the, at the ranch I've yeah, seen. It's like yeah. crazy. And so it was... Uh, it was just a perfect fit, and Cheryl got it. Cheryl understood what he meant by uh, I want to paint very yeah, yeah. was something different, and nothing's more different than illustration for a Blu-ray cover, because you're looking at high def, and you're looking at photographs, and almost every Blu-ray release had been a photo montage or something yeah. like that. So... Uh, um, so we got to work on doing some illustrations and, you know, a lot of, and the beauty of Cheryl as a creative director, sometimes when you have such a good creative director, you feel like you're just a wrist. Obviously, I bring some stuff to it, but that was just a huge collaboration within her studio. That, the, the, the actual Blu-ray box set for the entire collection was a lot of Cheryl's idea uh, that I brought to, you know, to, to life. And then, you know, getting to work on the interior stuff and then the other, you know, we she had great designers. And I can't remember the exact names of some of the, the designers that worked with the, with the project. But that was, a, that was a great project to work on. And then, I you know, I've worked for Hollywood Records doing some um, CD cover art. I did uh, cover for Wonders of the Younger. Just released the box set for Shout Factory, so I've done a lot of Norman Lear stuff. So a lot of the All in the Family. Oh, that's and, great. Uh, um, he's in the news quite a bit since yeah. his his remake. Yeah. Of, uh, Jefferson. Um, one day at a time, I think. Or yeah. I haven't done one day at a time. I've done uh, I've done five Norman Lear covers. The one of Shout Factory. If you're listening, I want to do the. Uh, <laughs> I want to do Sanford and Son. That would I be cool. I loved that show when I was a kid. So I've said that to him a couple times. So if they want to keep consistent, because I, I think I've done all of the Norman Lear stuff. Oh, Shot really? Factory. Wow, that's great. So that's huge. Yeah. So have you have you put them on the the, the web on your Facebook? Yeah, it's on my show? website. Okay. So I think most of the covers are on my website. I've done so many, I can't put all of the stuff up, because then it would just be slogging through yeah, too yeah. much stuff. So it's like, what kind of ego does this guy have? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just did the um, Pink Panther um, box set, so that was, the image was released in January, and I think I think the box set's coming out within the next month, so that's kind of a fun deal. With that, it's an animated property, so... No, I actually did the Peter oh, Sellers. the Peter Sellers, okay. Yeah. So the Peter Sellers, uh, eight, eight movies within that. Yeah. That, uh, um, so yeah, it's the live action. So, so the cover's a downshot of Peter Sellers looking kind, kind of, you know, stupefied. <laughs> and then the Pink Panther Prince kind of oh, movie. Oh, that's so. And that's an original illustration. Original illustration. They, they came up with an idea well, no, they, uh, they, with Shout Factory, I, I did my own, so they just said, hey, we want to do, they sent me, kind of, we want this one to be a bit minimal, like the old Pink Panther yeah. cover, you know, the, the original Pink Panther stuff, and so, uh, yeah, that one I just, I just, I gave them probably six drawings, um, just really quick comps, and then they went with, uh, 
kind of a downshot one, and it's it was my favorite comp, so I'm glad they, they picked that one to move forward on. Um, and then it's it's a matter of you know um, tweaking the likenesses. And you still have to go through a licensing, I guess, uh, stuff with that. So so it's, it goes through the you know approval process. Anytime I do something with a likeness of an actor or actress, there's a, if they're still living. Approval process, um, and thank goodness those have gone pretty smoothly for That's the most good. part. Uh, on the Peter Sellers one, they wanted me to kind of give him a a uh, expression that wasn't um, anything they had a photo reference of, so I had to make it up and keep his likeness, and it was just very subtle. So initially, you kind of Photoshop a few faces in order to draw to make it look seamless, but you're going, okay, no, that doesn't look right. No, did you, did you actually go through maybe his films and watch his expressions? Yeah, I did, yeah, it's, it's, uh, the fun thing is a lot of the projects I get to work on, I get to do research and I get to buy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, lo- I don't know about you, I love the old Peter Sellers, yeah. Pink Panthers, I mean, yeah. I think he was a fantastic actor. Yeah. And, and his the, foil was great too. And yeah. the beauty of that was, it was, uh, you know, that's all stuff. You know, I'm getting older now, so it's all stuff that I remember. You know, as a kid going to a drive-in with my folks. You know, throwing me and throwing me and my brother in the back of a station wagon, Ford Fairlane station wagon, and watching these, uh, you know, drive-in movies because that's all they could afford. That's so, great. So you. Do illustration. You're also a full-time professor yeah. at Cal State Fullerton, yeah. and you have uh, you're married and you have two kids. How do you manage all of that? Well, you together? learn to not sleep much. Um, <laughs> are you still like actually, doing the five six hours thing? Or yeah, you... I generally sleep about. I mean, you know, they say the older you get, you don't require as much sleep. I think that's a complete lie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I generally six seven is good, but you know I I don't I don't watch a lot of TV. I uh, you know my family is my priority, so I'm that that kind of uh, yeah. You have two sons, right? Two boys, and they're teenagers, so they're now at an age too where their dad's not super cool, uh, <laughs> even though they love their dad. Uh, and I tell them, your mom and dad are hilarious. In 10 years, you're going to look back and say, my mom and dad were so funny. And they just go, no, you're not. You're not funny at all. Um, and so, uh, um, yeah, it's a it's a balancing act. I uh, The university, because I've, uh, I've uh, been there for a while, I've created most of the curriculum in the illustration program. And... Uh, you know, so I, I never, I'm always updating my classes, but it, you know, once you've taught for that many yeah. years, you kind of, you know the routine, so there's not a, there's not a huge amount of prep time because I know it's expected. Um, I just recently stepped down from uh, being the area coordinator of the illustration program just because of um, certain time constraints, and I've been doing it for so long, it's time for somebody else to take on that leadership role. Um and partially just because I, I signed a licensing deal with uh, uh, Acne Archives uh, Limited, uh, which allows me to work on properties uh, from Fox, uh, from uh, uh, 
Lucas. They brought me in to do Star Wars yeah, stuff. Serenity is yeah. one of them, right? And uh, well, the, Firefly. yeah, the Firefly, Firefly was the first image that they released, uh, which they released this week in that's honor awesome. of Nathan I'm... Fillion's birthday. <laughs> so that's cool. So I love that film and yeah. I love that series. I think it's yeah. Just great. I'm, I'm hoping they'll let me do a little bit more uh, within the uh, the Firefly uh, world uh, and universe. So. Um, as I've gotten a little bit older, licensing was one of the places that I wanted to uh, move into. And I, I'm licensed with a smaller licensing group, uh, Bye Bye Robot, which does Star Trek stuff. So um, this, Acne Archives is, and I love the folks at uh, Bye Bye Robot. One of my former students actually is the licensor. Oh, wow. Um, so when she got the property to uh, be able to license, she called me up and said, hey, would you be interested? And I said, absolutely. Um, you know, so licensing is something that I'm really interested in as far as getting the royalties off of. Uh, and then it opens a lot more doors. Yeah. So this opportunity I can't talk about. Um, I mean, I could talk about the licensing stuff, but it's kind of opening doors already. And I've only been licensed with them for two months. Uh, and they have already four fully approved... Star Wars pieces um, that have been approved by Lucas, and so I've got two more in the pipeline or in the final stages that look like they'll be approved. My goal was to have maybe three or four pieces approved by the end of the year, and um, it looks like I may have six to eight by summer. That's so, great. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I teach. I go home and I paint Star Wars stuff. That's fantastic. Which allows me to buy Star Wars toys and other stuff. <laughs> and I have to tell my kids, no, those are dads. You can't play with those. Those have to stay nice because they're for reference. Um, so, yeah, it, but it, it's opening up. I can do stuff for Halo eventually and DreamWorks stuff and property. So I've been uh, I've been very prolific trying to kind of get it, a number of pieces into the catalog. Because for licensing, the more work you have in a catalog, the more lucrative it is because you're 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 receiving royalties off of multiple images rather than just one. One image, you know, it pays a bill here and there. Um, but when you get multiple work, uh, uh, you you'll possibly be able to pay your kids. Yeah. <laughs> so and it is. I mean, you never know. I'm not. You know, I've 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 been offered big projects and they've fallen through. Um, early in my career, you know, I was offered a, a job at um, Disney doing uh, visual development and, and then the job fell through they, during their reconstruction. They red-lit the project. I was hired by DreamWorks and just a short while uh, I was to work on uh, oh, Invasion America. Do you remember oh, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spielberg. And got, Spielberg yeah, was and it got, amazing, yeah. Um, so they, they ran the pilot, and then they they uh, you know they hired a bunch of people for the and the pilot didn't go well, and they just stopped the accident. Yeah, so it was like there was a period of time where I'd come home and tell my wife I missed it by that much, you know. So and that's the life of an illustrator when you look back and you go look at all those projects that that fell through and that you know. But um, you keep persevering, and that's kind of part of my career is, you know, early on when I didn't teach, um, it was a lot of hustling. Now that I do teach, you have a certain steady amount of income, um, 
but you can kind of pick and choose the jobs that you work on now, and I'm a lot more selective with the stuff that I work on. Um, and, you know, I, I'm a family guy, so I love that my kids can come into my studio and see what Dad's working on. You know, and is I your never, studio, like, behind your house, or is it connected to the, the house? Well, it's in the house now. It is okay. a room in the house, whereas my studio in the, that burned up was not connected to the house. And it was a it was a spontaneous combustion fire, which linseed oil. Oh, man. Um, so artists out there, never wad up your rags if you're wiping your stuff off with linseed oil, because linseed oil dries hot, and as soon as it hits oxygen, it will spontaneously combust. And I'm usually really good with. Um, I'm a woodworker too, so and I re- used to restore old furniture, and I still do when. I need old furniture or new, need a new piece of furniture that my studio is a total looks like 1800s uh, and then it's got a lot of historical artifacts because I collect old costumes and, and I've worked in games um, at times when they need very realistic characters and then I can I turn my garage into a, a photo studio if they want me to use live models you, you use your family as models, yes, right? Yes, Well, and I do, if you look at my website, cliffcramp.com, there's a fun little section in there called Cramp Family Fun. And so I do a self, I do a portrait of my family every year of pop culture. So it's uh, each year. And so I wish I would have started a few years earlier when my kids were really small. But it's fun to see how they've grown. Yeah. Uh, and how many years have you been doing this? The last uh, seven years, oh, I wow. think. So yeah, there's a, there's been a space theme that I've seen. I think. Yeah, yeah, I did us as you know we all geek it's whatever the family geeks out on. So we totally geeked out on uh, Pacific Rim one year. And oh so, yeah, because yeah. you had the armor. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, we're total, we're Jaeger pilots, <laughs> and that was awesome. one of my favorite ones. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, we, the family geeked out on that one too. I can't remember what I. We did, we did uh, oh, we did uh, Jurassic World, so uh, uh, my wife loves Chris Pratt, so so I had to be Chris Pratt in one of those. I didn't pull it off very well. <laughs> so uh, um, I think last year we were Avenge, the Avengers, so, but I don't know where I was going with that transgression. Let me get back on Managing, you know, oh, how, yeah, how, yeah. You're, how you're so, doing the illustration. Yeah, it's well a family guy. What I was saying is, you know, I like to have my kids be able to run around in my studio, even when they were really young. So I don't work on things that, you know, it's, it's mainly, you know, family fun, kind of fair, you know, Star Wars stuff and that. So this, this licensing deal has just been huge. You know, um, to have them come in and and I'll tell you, you know, I went to another real quick digression. My dad was a workaholic. He grew up very poor, and he worked his way through a company. And I remember him coming home uh, from work one day, um, and he never came home early. And he came home early, and only my mom and myself were home. My sister was somewhere. My brother was somewhere. And he said, hey, do you guys want to go see this movie? It's called Star Wars. It's all the rage. And I'd heard about it. And I said, sure, I'd love to go see it. And, you know, when that opening credits came on and the ship. And you and you were a just, teenager at I was time? 14 years old at the time. So I just gave away my age <laughs> at being it's the 40th anniversary on uh, May 25th. 
of the original release of uh, Star Wars. And so, uh, you know, that had a huge impact on me. And then now to be able to to, to work on yeah, kind of yeah. Star Wars stuff, that's, 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 that's fun. And those are the kind of projects I'm, I'm uh, working towards now, other licensing, Marvel stuff. I don't have a license... Um, agreement with, with Marvel, but that's something that I would love to work towards in the future. So as I get a little bit older, the licensing stuff seems really kind of yeah, uh, attractive. Yeah. yeah. So what makes for a successful illustrator? In Tell a good story. Um, I, uh, I think, uh, you know, my mantra to young illustrators is tell me a good story. If you can tell me a good story, you can work in just about any genre of illustration, including editorial and that. It's it's a matter of gesture, it's a matter of color, lighting. How does it how does it enhance your story? Uh, one of the things I do when somebody comes, you know, especially when they come to the university and they're asking, well what's illustration? What what's the difference between this program and that program? And, and I talk to them about story and it'll be a young young person sitting there on the couch in my office with their parents and uh, they'll say, well, explain, I mean, story. And I'll look at the student, and I'm sitting in my chair, and I'll say, Are you, do you feel comfortable in my office? And they'll say, yeah. And then I'll stand up immediately. And I'll say, do you feel comfortable now? And they'll, almost always, they'll say, yeah. But they punch <laughs> down, like, because I just stood up, and now I'm towering above them. Yeah. And I say, no, you're not. And they go, yeah, we don't, I don't feel comfortable. Now, look, the parents will see, I just changed the vantage point. Same subject, two different vantage points, two different stories. So when, when, we, when I teach about illustration, really the story component comes into it. How does color affect the story? How does light affect the story? How does composition affect the story? How does, um, you know, vantage point, where you where you set the camera, all of those things are important to telling a story, you know. So, um, you know, I love my mother, obviously, but she still doesn't understand what I do, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and she'll, like... You know, just draw something and I go mom I just can't just go what's the story I don't care just draw me something and I'm like mom I need to, what's the story and she's just ah, just make a nice picture and so I try to tell her that everything that you think about as an illustrator is part of the component of, of telling a better story so um, how the environment enhances the story how the costuming how the gesture you know we have exercises that we talk about um Know, what's the difference between coy and shy? And obviously your audience can't see what I'm going to do, but shy is, you know, obviously tucked in. You're, you're looking at, you're not engaging the person fully and directly. And But coy is that false shy. It's like I'm shy, I'm shy, but not really, you know. And so in that not really sense, you're fully making full eye contact. And, and those are the subtle differences. Can you... You know, tell that story in some difference. So, and, and I'm just a lover of story and a lover of history. So I, um, I love a lot of historical illustrations. I love automotive stuff. So I've done a whole series of automotive paintings, and that got me work in doing automotive stuff. So um, I kind of go where this this stuff that I love. 
um, and see if I can find opportunities in that. But story is always a component. Even when I do an automotive painting, it's about not just a car portrait, but it's about how do I tell a story with a car in it. So um, I would say that's, you know, right now, especially the story media, there's so many opportunities, uh, you know, from being very entrepreneurial in telling a story to, uh, um, you know, working on licensed stuff. So um, the, the story medias are out there, and I think people are really connecting. So, you know, I look at the, the future of illustration as being um, very bright right now. Um, if you, we're such a visual society. It, exactly. So much out there. But I think our, our audience is appreciating us more and more as as story artists. Yeah. It's what they love. I mean, you look at conventions like this, and you look at all the fans that are coming to this place because they're consumers of illustration, and they love the stuff. You know, I don't I don't sell unlicensed work. You know, I only. I, Star Wars stuff is very new, so all the stuff I sell in my booth are either my books or my own art that I do for myself or that I own myself, like you know, some stuff that for advertising companies uh, and things like that that I have full ownership of. So I don't do fan art or sell fan art um, at these places, but even still, people stop by and they're intrigued by the steampunk stuff or the oh, yeah. cyberpunk stuff or the real you know, out there kind of fun stuff, or even the historical stuff, you know, they're, they're intrigued by story images, um, and so you can just see in this auditorium the, the uh, consumer that loves illustration. They may not be well-versed in it, but they know they love it, and so uh, um, I think that's a, and I, I tell my students, you have a, you have a lot of power in, in your hands there, too. Because you can really, you know, um, evoke emotion. You can, you know, like we were talking about Doug Tenable's books yeah, earlier, and uh, um, you know his book Cardboard, what emotion that has. Uh, so, uh, and then just the hilarity of another friend of mine, uh, Ethan Nicole, who does Axcom. Um, and you know, so you you look at um, you know those properties and. and just great story mediums. Now they're sequential, but they're they're very they're illustration. Yeah, oh yeah. So do you contribute? I mean, Cal State Fullerton is known as the school to go to for animation. So many studios love Fullerton mm -hmm. for animation, illustrative. They get background artists, storyboard artists, yeah. people from animation from Cal State Fullerton. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, is it something to do with the narrative art and that, it is. that focus on it, that in both programs? Or? It is, and as I said earlier, it's a, it's a lot of, you know, when I started out, I was looking at where I wanted to do work, and, and it was in, um, you know, I was looking at editorial, but that's not our industry out here, and story is, and really developing a curriculum that addresses story at, at all levels, and then the technical craft. Because our craft is, you know, I say that our craft is our visual language. The better you understand the language, the better storyteller you become, or the better communicator you become. So, I mean, a comic can change the meaning of a sentence. So can a color and a line. So our craft is really important because that's our visual language. Um, but what we have to say in our art is the most important thing. 
the better we know our craft, the better communicators of what we want to say. Be more clear uh, and articulate about Absolutely. Absolutely. So with the, the hiring of faculty, at the time that I was hired, um, then Chuck Grieve was hired, and then subsequently, you know, we've hired Wendy Grieve and Mike Deeds, Annie Award-winning animators. Um, and so we've been able to develop a curriculum uh, that is really, um, I think, robust for a state college. I mean, I've looked yeah, at a lot of other curriculums, and I think we have we have something that's exceedingly unique um, at a state college, and it's a lot of because we come out of industry, we work, and we're still professionals, and our students don't always understand. <laughs> So when we have our friends come in and give a guest lecture in our class and they say, did you hear what she said? I go, well, where else have you heard that? Yeah, but did you hear what she said? Where else did you? Yeah, we know you say that too, but, you know. So, you know, they understand that we still, and they, they see our, you know, um, uh, what we do. And the, the beauty is, is we have students that are coming there that really want to do this. And that's... You know, that's why I'm there. I mean, a university, especially a state university, is just a giant bureaucracy. And when you walk through those classroom doors, that's what, that's when you realize this is why I'm here, um, is for these students, because they want to do what I get to do. And so uh, that's a privilege. And then the other privilege, or just the uniqueness of it, is, you know, we've got great students. They're nice folks. Um, and so um, we uh, um, we kind of foster that, you know, be nice. Um, I mean, we were saying this, I think, even before the video came out of Neil Gaiman, you know, make yeah. uh, good art. Yeah. yeah. Well, be nice. Um, wait, what was it? Be nice. Be on time and do good work. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's really a lot of our mantra is. Know, be a nice person to work with as far as the work that you um, are going into. It doesn't mean you're not going to have conflict, but um, you work very collaboratively with folks. And so, um, you know, that's, that's what we try to instill in our students. Um, and things change. Like, you know, we're, we're constantly going through changes at the university, so sometimes change is good, sometimes change isn't good. But you still try to maintain the focus on student and so um, I think the beauty is is the reputation now has been solidified because we have so many just wonderful folks out there in the yeah, industry. graduates yeah that alumni I mean they're everywhere I mean the joke is, is you can't go into a studio without you know bumping into a whole it seems ton like of it titans is. Nickelodeon loves you guys absolutely yeah. since Allison Mann was there and it still yeah. continues Nickelodeon, well, I've heard them, them refer to Nickelodeon as the Fullerton Mafia, which is funny, because there's always been that USC Mafia, you know, with the old filmmakers, but uh, um, it's really fun to see their success and their hard work, and we don't take credit for that, um, we kind of point the way, it's their hard work that deserves the credit, and their talent that deserves the credit, and I just ask them to give me emails when they land that first great gig, to, you know, so I can have a big smile on my face. And I just got one recently from a student that said, hey, I remember a long time ago you said, send me an email with you so you can smile. And I said, I'm smiling. <laughs> so, 
Um, so it's a lot of fun. And, and we're firm believers of the hand up, hand back. Yeah. Um, don't be so prideful to not ask for help. Um, but also, when you do move into the industry and you become successful, reach back and help somebody else. Yeah. So there's a really nice community, and that's another thing that's really, really odd for a Cal State is you know they're mostly commuter schools, but we have just a great uh, community. Community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can go there just about any time and see dozens of students working in studios. They have these you clubs know. too, the Pencil yeah. Mileage Club. Our Pencil sure Mileage that. Club is these guys are great. Awesome. <laughs> so. We just did a faculty uh, life drawing night. Not to scare anybody, we were all in costume. So it was kind of a faculty cosplay drawing night for a fundraiser, and that's a lot of fun because there's, you know, they they're just great, great young people that you know want to do this, and and uh, and they're willing to jump through the hoops that we've kind of designed, and and we've really looked at it too as a responsibility if we're going to do this. We've got to give them the best opportunity to be successful, and and so far it's uh, you know um, it's it's been great. Awesome, that's fantastic. So, so where can we see your work? Um, online, yeah, online at cliffcramp.com. Um, soon to be uh, Acme Archives Limited, uh, and I think uh, they're releasing two or three of my Star Wars pieces. At the big uh, Orlando uh, Star Wars celebration, oh, which fantastic. is their big yearly thing. So, uh, and then a whole bunch more coming soon. But uh, cliffcramp.com is kind of my main hub. And we can find all your social media connections through there. All the social media connections are through there. Awesome. So. Any last parting words for advice for those who uh, are getting into illustration yeah. or wanting to... Yeah, I mean, this is through Society of Illustrators. I've been an off-and-on member for a while, and I, you know, neglected my membership for a while and came back into the fold. Um, <laughs> and so, um, you know, I really recommend communities, and this is kind of a community that you can get started in um, to get to know people, to network. Um, a lot of my work comes through word of mouth, so... Um, it's always good to build a sense of community. Even the Star Wars licensing stuff that I'm doing now, it came from somebody who was at a booth that talked to the Star Wars guy from Acme uh, Archives Limited. I don't know if I can give his name out, but um, he said, hey, why don't you get Cliff Cramp to do some stuff for you guys? I didn't approach them. They, they looked me up, contacted me. So... The, you know, it, it's so so important to get out of your studio um, because sometimes we're just so focused on what we do yeah, yeah. and we're in our studio and we're not making connections either. And I still, I'm, you know, I've been old school in that way. I love personal connections. Um, I, you know, you have to do the social media stuff, but I always love talking to folks in person. Um, so organizations like this give, uh, especially regional ones, give you opportunities. So if you're interested oh, yeah. in children's book, join the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. If you're interested in illustration, join the societies that are in your local area uh, and and network because uh, um, you know those opportunities. You know, you, things don't just happen in a vacuum. Yeah. You know, they happen because you're making connections with other folks. So. As an advertisement, and it, this is not why Santosh asked me the question, <laughs> but consider joining um, uh, groups like this uh, or groups that are within you. Awesome. 
Awesome. Thank you for your time. All right. I really appreciate it. No worries. And uh, Norman Lear, if you're out there, (laughs) hashtag Sanford and Son and the Shot Factory. We'd like like, uh, Cliff to get the uh, cover for the Sanford and Son DVD Blu-ray series. That's awesome. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. This is uh, Santosh913. You can reach me on Twitter for the Society of Illustrators of Los Angeles. Take it easy and have a good one. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the uh, podcast today. It was exciting to have Cliff Shot on, like, uh, on our podcast. Uh, he's an amazing illustrator who's got a ton of work up and coming, and uh, he's been doing some amazing licensing work as well as his own personal work. And you can again check it out at his website, cliffcraft.com. And he's also now the Society of Illustrators of Los Angeles Illustration West Chair for 2018, which is awesome since uh, Illustration West is um, just going to be having its exhibition for 2017 at the Pop Secret Gallery. So uh, come check it out. If you want more information on the Society of Illustrators of Los Angeles, it is at si-la.org. If you like our podcast, rate it on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback. And if you want to contact me, it is santosh913 at Twitter and santosh.human at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, stay tuned for more exciting episodes. Bye.